I'm John. I'm Kevin. This is Brandon, and you're listening to The Sports Project. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brandon, John, Kevin. It's March 21st, out here watching the UFC day. I'm about to start The Sports Project. All right, guys, let's... Um... Let's start with uh, let's start with NFL free agency um, and and trades because there was a ton of action all week since I mean every team it seems like has made a move even if it was even if it was small I mean every team was wheeling and dealing and and trading and picking up in the play I mean uh, picking up in the um, in the free agency. Um, so what I was thinking is we just kind of touch on the teams who made, you know, really kind of a lot of moves or, or some big moves in free agency or trading. Um, and then, you know, when we when, when we get to those big ones, we'll, we'll go into detail about those and, and more about what we think. So um, I'll start off with um, – well, recently we'll, we'll start off with Denver signing Melvin Gordon. So I want to know what you guys think about that because I, I, I saw the, uh, the trade go through. It looked like a pretty decent trade to me. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I mean, we all know he's a good running back, good pass catcher. Um, he's, I mean, he can be uh, mostly every down back. I don't think, you know, he's great on third downs, third and shorts. Um, but, I mean, overall, it looked like a pretty good one to me. I mean, what do you guys think? What were the, uh, the contract details? Anyone have those handy? Uh, the contract uh, details for Melvin Gordon? Yeah. It was a two-year, $16 million deal with the, with the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's pretty reasonable. I think that's solid because really, you know, paying big money for for more than two years isn't doesn't really play out in the long run. I mean, look at what happened to Todd Gurley already. A bunch, of, you know, you see a bunch of big running backs who go to a team, get three year plus deals, and not really pan out for more than two. So I think it's a safe bet by Denver to take him for two. Not a huge price point, and he'll really probably deliver for for what they're getting for him without having yeah, like mean- any baggage on the back end yeah i think the broncos this week have been really interesting um they actually released flacco so again who's 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 going to lead the broncos this year um is it going to be drew Locke, who they have in their system or are they going to go try to get someone um it's really been a couple of interesting moves dropping a quarterback picking up uh, an all-star running back uh mike brandon said the deal i think is is pretty good um you know 16 million Two years, it's not too bad. Um, you can just always know that, you know, unfortunately running backs are a dime a dozen and, and you know, you don't want to put a lot of your cap space into that position. But I think overall, Melvin Gordon made out of the Chargers. Um, he got what they wanted. I think the Broncos got a good pickup there. So all in all, I think it was a win for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a good deal. Um, I mean, for those wondering, he was he went 162 rushing attempts for 612 yards and eight touchdowns. I believe was he injured or, or suspended? I think I think he did. I know he missed some time. Had to, have, but I just can't remember why. Well, he held out last year, so That's he, what he really wanted his big extension the last year, and they didn't want to pay him. They were going to yeah. franchise tag him, all of that. Um, so, you know, um, he, he definitely missed. A, I want to say. Six or eight games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just trying to hold out and, and get a little bit extra money on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's go to Arizona Cardinals. Um, 
couple big moves there. They re-signed Larry Fitzgerald to the one-year $11 million deal. Um, and then, of course, the big trade, uh, David Johnson to Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they, they also traded some draft picks, um, I, and I've got them right here. But, I mean, in reality, the main the main portion of the fact that David Johnson basically went to them uh, – for DeAndre, for DeAndre Hopkins, I mean the trades were pretty, uh, pretty even. Why? I mean, I mean, relative to you know what, what talent you normally get out of those draft picks that they traded. Um, but the David Johnson DeAndre Hopkins gap was so big, um, I was really surprised by it. Um, what do you guys think about it? I mean, I think you guys have the same feeling. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, if you watch Kyler Murray last year. He played, he played pretty well, especially for being so new in the league. And I think having DeAndre Hopkins is really going to escalate him even more. I think people didn't really overlook him, per se, but he wasn't in the talk for a ton. I think this year you're going to see a big change. I think he's really going to step up, and especially having a better receiver core out there. I mean, last year, DeAndre Hopkins, for 104 receptions, had you know a little over 1,100 yards. So he's going to definitely help out Kyler Murray quite a ton. Yeah, I think the uh, the Cardinals were looking for any way possible to get out of David Johnson's contract, everything that he was carrying with them. Um, honestly, I've talking I've talked to several Houston fans. Um, got a lot of Houston fans in the family. Um, they are not happy about this. Oh, Houston fans are pissed. I had a dude text me the other day, and he was like, "What the heck, man? Like, how did this happen?" Yeah, they uh, they feel completely chipped on this. I mean. And without a doubt, a top five receiver in the league, um, pretty much for a top 15. Um, again, not getting that much production out of it. The, the numbers are, are ridiculous and crazy. Um, the biggest thing that I'm hearing is, is what is, you know, Bill O'Brien's plan for Houston's receiving core? Um, oh, God. I mean, when, when you leave Hopkins out, um, you have Fuller. As the top option, you got Kenny Stills, Kiki Kuti, and DeAndre Carter, who I don't even know. And I, uh, I would, I would debate that that Kiki Kuti might be might be the top target there. I mean, he's been he's been a great little slot receiver. Yeah, I think just because Fuller's always been that that other one opposite side, you know, um, he, he he's gonna probably take the lead. He's got that um, that repertoire with with um, with Watson, so. Yeah. You know, I, I think ultimately they'll be fine. But the biggest thing from, from Texans fans is just um, it doesn't seem to be a huge um, concern for, for what their missing parts are. Now, this draft this year I know is completely littered with wide receiver talent from top to bottom. Um, I mean, everybody keeps talking about how deep this class is wide receiver-wise. So maybe that's what their plan is, and they're going to go grab a young stud and, um, you know, train them up and get them going with Watson. Uh, but definitely feel like at this point, you know, the Cardinals got away with you know, Grand Theft Auto. Well, I mean, you look at, of course, the number one top pick for the wide receiver position, Jerry Judy out of Bama. I mean, it does set them up to go get him. And, I mean, you, you put Jer- Jerry Judy, Will Fuller, Kiki Cutie lined up together with Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's not a bad – bad little uh, foursome to have. Um, but, I mean, Kyler – I mean, Arizona and Kyler Murray just completely upgraded. I mean, they added so much talent in just one player. Um, 
and it and it created such a dynamic offense now for them that they actually do have. I mean, they're going to need a new running back because they they didn't feel fill that need. Which I mean, they had David Johnson before, um, but that that's not. I, mean, I think who they have. I think they have Kenyon Drake backing him up, right? I believe that's who they because uh, I, I think they re-signed him. I believe I can't remember if it was them. Yes, that sir, re-signed. they did. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I mean, you got Kenyon Drake, but I mean, you're going to need to either pick up a running back in uh, free agency, which I'm I'm almost positive Devontae Freeman's still available. So I mean, that's not a that wouldn't be bad. Devontae Freeman, um, Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray, and uh, and DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. So um, I mean, it looks good for them. Um, so moving on from there, let's go to Atlanta. Um, signed the entire team. NFC South has just been oh, wild in, in free agency, man. <laughs> and they are looking good, boy. I mean, the South, the NFC South is looking like nothing to play with. Um, Atlanta signed a three-year deal with Dante Fowler, worth up to $48 million. Um, they got Hayden Hurst from Baltimore. Um what do you guys think about what Atlanta did? Um, with as not even as far as just what they picked up in free agency and trades, but also who they cut. They made a lot of major cuts. Yeah, I mean, like you said, John, uh, the Falcons coming out cutting Freeman, uh, cutting Vic Beasley, who took I think less than twenty four hours to get picked up by the Titans. So obviously, <laughs> they think that there's a little bit left in the tank there. But um, I don't but know. I feel, like, I feel like the Falcons have just given. Uh, so much of their cap away the past few years just signing, you know, over-the-hill guys. And I, I feel like they finally started making the right decisions, cutting cutting some of the guys they can't quite cut anymore um, and, and bringing in some new blood. Um, you know, the Todd Gurley uh, pickup, you know, I absolutely love being a homer. Um, you know, going back through our chats and things like that, that was the big thing we were talking about is we love early coming to the Falcons, but but at what cost? Um, so it turns out it was only a one-year $500 deal. He's also getting $7 million from the Rams just from the roster spot when he got fired. Um, so he's still going to be a top-four paid running back in the league. He's happy. The Falcons are happy. Um, all around, I'm happy with the money that we made this week. I think it was a couple really good – um, decision, and uh, I, I think they're in, in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah, um, as I said in our Instagram post, um, and if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, you guys should. Um, but um, anyways, I, as I said, you're going to find out me and Kevin are Georgia-Atlanta fans. We live here. This is we, – we live we live and die with those sports. So um, – I've always said that Atlanta never makes big splashes in the play. I mean, in the off season, um, it or it's been a while since they have. Um, I've always I, I've felt for years that Desmond Trufant hasn't been the corner that he's been hyped up to be or worth the money. Um, and Vic Beasley, I mean, he had the one good season where he led the league in sacks, but other than that, it's been pretty mediocre, sometimes below average. Um, and then Freeman's just lost his step. He's just not the same running back. Um, I think we should have traded him instead of Tevin Coleman, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, I was glad that they cut those guys, got rid of that that large cap that those players were taking up without the talent. 
going out and replacing Vic talented, replacing what you lost Cooper with a number one baseball pick um, from 2017 or 18. Um, so I, I, they made some good moves. They, they still have some spots to fill um, to really, I think, build a team that, you know, was like it was in, in 2016. Um, but I, they've got a team, and they're going to definitely – very talented in SB South. All right, so um, so we got Atlanta's moves. Um, we'll stick to the NFC South, but before we move on, um, just want to talk about real quick. Like we said, we're live. We're watching the uh, UFC day right now. We got Jones and uh, Jones and uh, what? What's his name again? That's uh, fighting. I, I can't see his name in front of me right now. Gustafson. Gustafson, yeah, or, or Gustafson. Gustafson. <laughs> Something like that. Y'all know what so, we're um, trying to figure out there. So they're they're about to fight. They're um they're kind of doing the hyping and the building up right now. Or maybe maybe they're actually doing the fight right now. I'm not sure because they're they're not showing. I wish I was I was hoping that they were gonna do all the fights where like it would be like you were watching it live, which they did some of them like it, but um, some of them they did kind of like it was like a highlight reel of it. And I didn't. I was like, man, I want to watch it like it's really live. But um, other than that, it's been fun, man, watching all these fights. Um. So, like I said, we're gonna to stick to the NFC South. Um, let's let's go to Carolina, since, um, like Brandon said, as 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 you found out, he is a Carolina Panthers fan. Um, so they got their guy Teddy replacing Cam Newton. Um, they re-signed uh, John uh, John Miller and uh, Russell Okong. Um, pretty good re-signs there. Re-signed Trey Boston and Stephen Weatherly. Um, and I read somewhere that they're also expected to sign Seth Roberts, um, which I think that's that's a good pickup. I like Seth Roberts. I liked him in Oakland. Um, he's a pretty good difference maker for them. So um, I guess start with Brandon. I mean, what do you think about it being a Carolina fan? What 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 are what are the, your fans saying? So I think the biggest biggest thing people are upset about is uh, I mean people are okay with Teddy Bridgewater. They're, they're uh, like they're accepting. They're like, hey, like we'll see what happens. He's a Saints player which no one's really pumped about, but uh, he played well in the nine games he was <laughs> in. Got 1,300 yards. So I think it'll be nice to have the receiver core for the Panthers have a have maybe a new look as a quarterback. I think everyone wanted to keep Cam because when he is healthy, he's one of the most versatile players in quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the big kind of like frustrations are how the Panthers dealt with Cam. They didn't even really talk to him about a trade option. What had happened was Cam won in five years. Panthers wanted him for two. They couldn't come to an agreement, so Panthers were like, hey, on social media, like, all right, we've come to an agreement to allow Cam Newton to seek trades with other teams without even really giving them a heads up that that was what was happening. So Cam went on social media and kind of blew up the Panthers in the comments section and just kind of ruined the relationship and it probably left a bad taste with the city of Charlotte in his mouth and kind of angered a lot of fans. But Teddy Bridgewater coming over, I really figured he'd probably go to the Patriots, honestly, but uh Coming over to Carolina, he's got a good relationship with Joe Brady in the past. So I think that'll help out kind of with the new way the offense is going, especially DJ Moore, Sam, uh, Curtis Samuel, and the other um, receivers that have been picked up already through Carolina. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, before before you go ahead, so so let me ask you this. So as far as the Cam Newton, um, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater thing, so – 
I saw the social media thing where, you know, they said, oh, you know, we agreed with Cam. He can he can look for a trade. And then Cam comes on there and says that's not what happened at all. Basically, Greg Olson commented, said that that sounded familiar. Um, I believe it was Thomas Davis commented something else. Um, yes, yeah, so I think. But with Greg Olson, too. Is so, what, so what side are you? What side are, you, are the fans on? Are they on the Panthers side, or are they saying what happened? Like, why is Cam upset? Because we love Cam. Like, what? What's what? What are you? What are you? One hundred percent. People are not on on the Panthers side. They're on Cam Olson and Davis's side. Because okay. okay. you know, I think it's understanding that Greg Olson was getting older. He's you now been in the league for quite some time, and you know, like you know, if it doesn't work out for another year, or he wants to retire or whatever, the fans were fans were pretty accepting of that. But to kind of just like blatantly trade him without talking to him or kind of like working with him. It's kind of a shock to Olsen and the fans. And then the same thing with Cam and, and uh, Thomas Davis years ago, like two years ago when he got traded. Uh, they essentially just told him, hey, like, clean out your locker room and don't come back because you're not coming back next year at the end of the season. And with Cam, like, everyone is on Cam's side. They don't want to see who's arguably the, the best player to ever put on a Panthers uniform get treated like that and for everything he's brought to the city. I mean, the dude fed the homeless after home games and, there's like just watching the Panthers live and seeing the energy he brings. I don't think there's a player in the NFL who bring that kind of energy to Bank of America to the unforeseeable future, if ever again. No. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brandon, you may feel differently about it, but you know, I I know for at least the last season, you know, ever since Cam got hurt, it's been something between the Panthers and Cam Newton. Um, you know, again, not really being in the city and not you know having the inside knowledge. But you could just tell there's something that something wasn't right. I mean, do the Panthers feel uh, obviously they do that it was time to move on? But but why? I mean, what was is Cam truly that hurt? Um, does he not have anything left in the tank? I mean, you know, my honest opinion, I don't think Cam's ever been the same since that, you know, fiasco. In the See, I, I think that's arguable um, because okay, at yeah. the beginning of the uh, 2017 season before he got hurt, he was playing the same. He was playing better than he did the season. He won MVP. Um so I think that, you know, I if he's healthy and assuming that he had a season and a half off, essentially, he would have come back just as well, if not even better than he was before. So I think that it's it's almost like I just never, I just didn't expect that to happen. I think everyone is expecting him to come back because he's been rehabbing hard, been working hard. And he's pretty healthy. He's been throwing and everything looks good. And to come back from an injury, even a catastrophic one like he had to – playing MVP caliber performance before you got injured to just being like, Hey man, thanks for the fun, but you're out. It's kind of mind blowing. I think to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely, I, I mean, I've always thought that, you know, Cam Newton was a great quarterback. He's got the build obviously to play quarterback and he's got the athleticism to be um, a mobile quarterback. He's proved that year in and year out. Um, I will say I, I don't think it's been the same Cam to me. But, of course, I don't watch every Carolina Panther game. I watch him when he plays the Falcons, and I know rivalry games are totally different. So um, I, I'm, I'm definitely on the outside looking in. But um, it, it, I, it, it sucks the way he went out. I, I, I wish it could have been, you know, a, a better piece out from Carolina because I know he really loved Carolina and Charlotte. Um, and I know that no matter what he did, if he was, you know, crazy and wore all kinds of crazy stuff to interviews, like he always did. And, or if he was a little cocky, you know, it didn't matter to them. They, you know, they loved him. So 
it was sad to see him kind of go out like that, even though, of course, you know, he's from Carolina and I hate Carolina Panthers, <laughs> but you know, you still, you still have respect for the guy's talent. You still have respect for, for what he does on the field. So, I mean, he's still signed by Carolina right now. So we'll see what happens if he actually does get a trade trade or not. Some people are talking about him going yeah, to the Patriots. I, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'm interested to see where he goes. If he goes somewhere, um, it's it's uh there's there's a lot of teams out there that I think could make very very good use of of a quarterback like him so um it'd be interesting yeah I definitely think he's uh one of the top thirty two quarterbacks you know around so <laughs> I think he'll find a starting position somewhere um you know who knows it may be the Patriots um it, it's it's kind of up in the air at this moment yeah <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on from the Panthers, let's go down to New Orleans and to the Bayou um, into some of their signings. So they had um, – I, I don't have all their stuff written down, but, of course, they they signed Emmanuel Sanders, um, was it a couple days ago, I think? Um, I believe it was uh, $11 million. Um, Two million. Okay, so and then of course they re-signed Drew Brees, and um, th- I thought this was pretty cool. They re-signed Malcolm, or they signed Malcolm Jenkins. Um, you can say re-signed because he was their um, first-round pick. Um, in I forget which uh, what year draft, but uh, that's pretty cool. Him coming back to New Orleans, but pro- probably going to finish out his career there. So retire as a Saint. Uh, but what do you guys think? Obviously, the re-signing Drew Brees was a good move. Um, but what do you guys think about the Emmanuel Sanders uh, deal? I mean, to me, it seems like a good deal. But uh, what do you guys think? I think Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints just gives them, uh, coming from a Falcons fan perspective, an unnecessary weapon. Uh, <laughs> they were they were awesome last year. The receiving core was great. Yeah. Um, tight ends, wide receivers. You got Kamara out of the backfield. Um, you know, they're 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 just they're what do you want from Sean Payton? I mean, he's an offensive genius. He's going to figure out how to get the guys the ball in their hands. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is going to catch a lot of screens, catch a lot of slants. He's going to make some plays. Um, I mean, he's still fast as hell. He's going to be able to play. So, uh, you know, I I think it's a great, great pickup for the Saints um, and a horrible deal uh, from a Falcons fan. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not very pumped to see how that works out when we play him twice a year. you know, it's this might be the year that Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know, this could help them get that second ring that they have not gotten uh, since since what the the early two thousands. Yeah, something. Like, um, what was it two thousand? Was like just after Katrina, yeah. wasn't it? Maybe the year of. Yeah, it was it was right around then. So it's been a long time since they since they've won. And uh, you know, I'm not going to be upset if they don't win again, but it, it might be, it might help them. You know, at least get get to the Super Bowl this year. Pending, you know, Brady with whatever he has in Tampa Bay doesn't ruin that. They they actually uh, they they won one in 2010 um, was the year they won. Okay, was the last was most recent year. Um, so I read somewhere I can't find it. It's a very it's a very difficult stat to try to find. I should have wrote it down. Um, but I believe it was like I believe it was like 80 percent or something like that. Um, 80%. So I know you said that it gives the uh, Saints an unfair advantage, you know, with their wide receiving core. Um, but 80%, I believe it was, of their pass attempts went to the primary receiver, meaning it was either Michael Thomas or um, 
or um the other guy the uh the other guy that those sometimes run as the primary Jared Cook with tight end. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jared Cook. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's probably Jared Cook is listed as the because uh, it, it didn't specifically say Michael Thomas, so I assume that they're counting another receiver as a primary target because of how many times he actually played in the primary receiver position. Um, but either way, I was like, ah, well, I mean, you know, if, you, if you're not getting any production out of your secondary receivers, go out and get one. And, I, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> that's a great secondary receiver when you're talking about Michael Thomas being your primary. Um, that's a great right-hand man to have for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's – I mean, you got Michael Thomas is just tall, lengthy, going to go up and get the ball, but he's still got the speed, can catch the ball across the middle. And then Emmanuel Sanders is going to be – to me, is more of that you know deep threat guy, the the speed guy is going to catch that curl and turn it upfield and gain that extra five minutes. So um, then, of course, you got Alvin Kamara on the backfield, and you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league um, commanding it. So um, and a good offensive line. So yeah, they're going to be scary. Um, not looking forward to playing them twice a year, especially in that Superdome. I mean, so um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. So back on that last year, Emmanuel Sanders actually had less receiving yards than Jerry Cook did. did yeah. Really? I didn't, so Emmanuel Sanders wow. had 36 receptions, 502 receiving yards. Jerry Cook last year had 43 receptions and 705. Uh, now, so. now, how many, now, how many touchdowns did Emmanuel Sanders have? Because I know I, I used Emmanuel Sanders quite often. So he had three my, touchdowns. Um, three touchdowns. Um, really? Oh, Okay. So, my mistake, he had 805 touchdowns, 805 touchdowns. So, 100 yards more than Jared Cook, but still four less touchdowns. Oh, oh, uh, 805 yeah, yeah, yards. Yeah. You said 805 nah, touchdowns, and I was like, wait, 805 what? yards, so 100 yards more than Jared Cook. <laughs> oh, he was killing fantasy yeah, this yeah. year. Killing it, dude. Um, hey. so yeah, I yeah, misspoke <laughs> on that one. But, um, yeah, so it, it is interesting. He only had 100 more yards than Jared Cook did. So, I wonder how he's going to – what the dynamic is going to be between them two when they get there. Cause if you, if you look at tight, tight ends over the last quite a few years have definitely picked up the role as, as almost being like a soft receiver. And like, even saw with Greg Olson, you see it, you know, with Jason Witten, all those dudes. Well, now you look at Austin Hooper, yeah. now, the highest paid tight end. I mean, he's, he's a prime, he's a, he's a, a tertiary receiver, almost a secondary receiver at Atlanta. Sometimes if, if it weren't for us drafting Calvin Ridley. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the NFL's moved away from a, a blocking tight end. I mean, hardly, hardly, blo- hardly any blocking tight ends are profitable per se in the NFL at this point. But um, yeah, but I mean, that's just where the NFL's at now. So um, moving on from the Panthers, let's go to the uh, probably the biggest sign of the league, I, I would say. Um, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they sign their man. They get the guy, the goat, Tom Brady. Um, what do you guys think about it? What I mean, I, 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 I obviously it was a big sign. It's a good sign. I mean, but um, what do what do you guys honestly? Think? Tom Brady just did like well, another know. New Englander, and when he's getting ready to retire, he just heads down south to Florida. So I think that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's pretty good. But, I mean, can can we all think for a second, who really thought that Tom was going to happen? Uh, I, I mean, you know, you know, myself, a model wife, 
I'm taking my ass to California. You know, I, I, I don't know. But Tampa, Tom, I just did not see it happening. Um, I can't believe it. Bruce Arians, of course, he's got the GOAT. Um, we'll see what happens. It's funny. The the Bucks went from 44-1 to 1 odds to 22-1 to 1 odds Super Bowl uh, overnight with the signing of Tom Brady. So that's the biggest jump for one player ever in betting history. So, um, I mean, obviously they're going to make a splash. Um, I'll be honest. I, I am hyped for this, guys. I am hyped for this entire NFC South. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really tough division. I mean, every single game in the division uh, is – there's stars all over the place. I mean, what more could you want? I mean, the NFC South is relevant again. The NFC South is where the stars are, and I, I, I think it's awesome. But seriously, Tom Brady and Tampa, come on. Yeah, I didn't uh, – yeah, I wasn't really – I don't know. Everyone was talking about it, but I just wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen. So another question is what's going to happen on Jameis Winston. My man went out and got eye surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who's going to pick him up? He definitely went out, got the LASIK. Uh, he put on his Instagram a couple of days ago, officially uh, saying goodbye to Bucks Nation and, and how much he enjoyed it there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I know the guy threw 30 interceptions last year, but another fun uh, little stat that they'd like to throw in there 23 of those interceptions were on tip balls. Mm. Interesting. So again, it, it, it kind of uh, kind of puts a different perspective in it, especially if you're not watching a bunch of Bucks games, which I, I did not. Again, you know the the two games they played against the Falcons is about all the TV time they got in my house. But uh, you know, 23 tipped interceptions. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad quarterbacking. Um, so the end of the day, 30 interceptions know, is not a, not ideal, but that tip, the tips is super interesting, you know, 23 of them. So really only seven straight up interceptions is that's, that's very interesting. Yep. Well, I mean, I, I think the Brady pickup was big. Um, what I will say about the contract that he's signed this is interesting. Adam Schefter posted this um, on – well, I first saw it on Twitter. He put in his contract a clause that um, basically says the Buccaneers cannot franchise tag him in 2020, meaning that he intends possibly to play past 2020 because you can't say, oh, well – what if he, you know, he, what if he wants to retire and he can't? Well, if a player wants to retire, you can't franchise tag them. They can retire. So put the franchise tag clause in there because he plan. I mean, as of right now, he plans on playing past that year. So I mean, how old is Brady? What forty three? Yeah. Hey, well, how long did Brett Favre play now? And he and I'd have to say Tom Brady's put a lot more uh, stats and rings on than Brett Favre has. Well, I just hope that we're not going to see Tampa Tom is not going to turn into Minnesota Brett. Um, I mean, that was, you know, that, that, that was kind of depressing to watch. I mean, again, a, a great quarterback that, you know, probably should have retired and just wanted to keep chasing it. I mean, again, you got to respect the, the competitiveness and, and, and just being a baller out there. Uh, don't get me wrong, but um, I really hope you know, this doesn't turn into a, a Brett Favre in Minnesota. I mean, Brett Favre uh, retired when he was 41. Well, that offensive line has got a lot of work to do. 
Um, they gave up a ton of sacks last year. Uh, I know in a Bruce Arians offense, they're going to be slinging it around. So, again, Tom's going to have to have that protection. Uh, he's not a young buck anymore. He, he never really could move really, really well. He just moved enough. Uh, but the biggest thing that Tom always had was a quick release. He could get the ball out of his hands fast. So I, I think that's going to be the key down in Tampa uh, and making sure that he's staying clean and not getting hit every So I was listening to a, a radio talk show uh, one day this week, and people were talking about Brady and, you know, being up in Boston. Everyone's all sad. I talked to, I don't know, probably 15 people. One of the things he said on the radio talk show that was, what's going to be more impressive if, if Brady brings Tampa Bay a Super Bowl or one of the Super Bowls he won in, in New England? Like, which, which is going to be more impressive? end of the day, if he does it without Belichick in, in Tampa Bay or Super Bowls he won up in New England? I I would have to say, I, I mean, the, the, the worst part about it is he's played 20 years. Yeah. Um, no matter how you want to chop up his career, the man has had two Hall of Fame careers in one town. Um. I, I think New England has become spoiled. <laughs> you know, they, they, they become the big dogs on the block. Everybody wants to see them. Um, and when he says New England, he doesn't just mean the Patriots. He means that entire region because uh, they got the they got the Red Sox and the Bruins. And the Celtics. Like it, It's just oh, yeah. it's reckless up and, here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm telling you, in the Boston Herald, when they lost in the playoffs, it was but a uh, front page of the Boston Herald. I went to a little steak and cheese shop and – I saw it. It was like time for Brady to go. So it's uh, when, when they lose up here, they get real upset, real mad, real fast. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what were you saying, Kevin? Go ahead. My bad. No, just uh, you know that it, it it's going to be real interesting to see. I mean, if Brady can get Tampa a Super Bowl this year. Um, I would have to say that I would not expect that. Uh, I, I'll be honest, but you know, if if he does get Tampa a Super Bowl this year, then um, you know we don't have to debate about who is the goat anymore. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, yeah, that whole argument with Aaron Rodgers and everyone else is going to be over if he brings Tampa Bay a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like he's going to be lacking in a team. I mean, he's going to have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, O.J. Howard is a really good tight end in his college days with Alabama. Um, and he's, he's been pretty good with Tampa Bay. Um, I think the fact that Tampa Bay quarterback has a couple running back, not R.J. Three, Ronald Jones, but I don't, he's not he's not an everything back. So they may need to get themselves running back in the draft or something. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's going to have himself a decent team. He's not going to be – Left out in the dark. I mean, he's gonna have Mike Evans. So, who? Where um, does Tampa Bay? Anyone? Anyone know where Tampa Bay is in the draft this year? Uh, gotta be, gotta be on the lower tier. I think they went like eight and eight or something like that, yeah. or seven and nine, something like that. Yeah. I was just curious. Uh, even... Hold on, I got it right here. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Tampa's number fourteen. Yeah, yeah. We can probably, you know. We we'll probably knock out a special draft episode when it gets a little bit closer and and talk over, you know, what we think is going to help out too. So, oh yeah, most yeah. definitely. Right now, the uh, mock draft have Tampa Bay taking AJ Espinosa out of Iowa, the rusher. So, I mean, I, I can definitely see. Um, 
we'll see though. I mean, you know, Tampa, Tampa got, you know, Tampa's been irrelevant for close to 20 years. So, um, you know, good for Tampa. I know they're hyped. They're excited. Uh, get over this uh, little virus pandemic we got going on. We'll get some OTAs going and be able to see old Tampa Tom down there. Uh, yeah, old Tampa Tom. So, okay, so – all right, now moving on from the NFC South. Um, well, hold on, John, one second, man. Just before we get out of there, though, um, with, uh, we all know Austin Hooper with the Falcons. He's now the highest-paid tight end with the Browns. Um, so good for him. Um, but also with the uh, Hayden Hurst trade, the Falcons got. Now they gave up a second and a fifth round in this year's draft for him, uh, which actually gives the Ravens. Nine picks this year. So um, that that's going to be really, really interesting, especially with the depth of this draft um, in, in the different places. Uh, I mean, the Ravens were already uh, a handful last year, but now with so many draft picks to go and make a move or, or make an addition, I think it's going to be Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. Um, I mean, Hayden Hurst, I think, was a good replacement for, for Austin Hooper. I mean, we, we couldn't afford Austin Hooper, and now we kind of see why they got rid of him. the Dante Fowler signing, the Todd Gurley signing, um, and then, um, well, I guess that, I think I don't think they made any other moves other than that, but um, I mean, the, the Falcons made good moves with that. Uh, I mean, I know. They did give a lot of draft picks to Baltimore, but I mean, they got a couple. I think what they get like one or two draft picks in return. Plus, they get Hayden Hurst, which who was a number one overall draft pick. Um, so I mean, you got a good tight end, Hayden Hurst. Um, we'll see what he can do. Um, I know you know he he did play with a good quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And, I mean, he he played well. He played really well as uh, with Lamar Jackson. But other than that, he really hasn't played well. But now he's with Matt Ryan, who's a big tight end quarterback. So, I mean, he loved Austin Hooper. He loved having Tony Gonzalez. So, um, maybe he, maybe Hayden Hurst is going to come out and, and really show us what, uh, why he was number one overall. So, um, we'll see. Well, but he's going to definitely get a shot. And, and I mean, the man can oh, yeah. run block, which I think is big. Yes. Um, you know, I, I watched it get every single Falcons game last year. And, and I love Austin Hooper, but I tell you what, the man pissed a lot on some blocks. Yes, he did. Um, I, I, I am excited to, to see Hayden Hurst come in. He, he's going to get his opportunity. Like you said, Matt, look, um, he's going to get those opportunities, but also uh, hopefully set that edge early coming around and uh, looking for a good year out of, out of Atlanta. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, speaking of the Atlanta Ravens Hayden Hurst trade, um, let's talk about the Ravens, what they were um, able to accomplish. Like Kevin said, they got the nine draft picks now in the draft, which is insane. Um, but uh, they did do a couple other things. They locked up Brockers and Juden. Um, so they uh, they, they uh, locked in their D-line there. Um, they also beefed up their D-line and acquired Calais Campbell. Um, big, big move out of them. That was uh, – I think that was a big ad. Got him for a fifth-round pick, two-year, $27 million, $20 million guaranteed. Um, pretty pretty solid there. Um, and then you franchise tag Juden and re-sign Brockers to a three-year 30 mil. So, 
you beef up the pass rush, which really cost them in the divisional round. Um, and I think it's why they lost. Um, but but what do you guys – I mean, what mainly what do you guys think about the Calais Campbell um, pick? Uh, and then what do you guys think about, about locking up Brock and June? Yeah, I think they uh, they did what they had to do. They went out, locked up their two guys. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for out of the Ravens right now is what are they going to do with these draft picks? Are, are, are they trading some away? Are they going to try to to run up and, and get one of these you know high talented wide receivers? Are we going to go defense on them? Um, it seemed like their offense was clicking pretty much all year long. Um, right now in the ESPN mock draft, uh, the Ravens are selecting 28. It's got them taking Terrell Lewis, edge rusher out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, I think defense is where they're really going to focus. Yeah. Uh, their, their offense is humming along. Um, and, and I, I, I think. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think with those nine draft picks, it's really going to allow them to add a little bit of depth of focusing mainly on defense, but then adding a little bit more kind of on their offensive side where they might be lacking here and there. For the most part, like Kevin said, their offense is staying in there. It's holding together. If they can put together a solid defense, that'll definitely bring the team a little bit closer, a little bit more together. Yeah. um, I mean, like I said, their their defense, it seemed like really cost them in the AFC game, um, the AFC divisional game uh, against uh, Ryan Tannehill wasn't wasn't really pressured, um, and so you act Blaise Campbell in there, and and it is always interesting when you put a team that has a lot of draft picks because it's always it's always interesting what are they going to do with them? You know, are they going to just use them as draft picks? Which most teams never do; they always trade some of them away. But some teams do keep a lot of them, and it'll be interesting because this draft class does have a lot of talent in it defensively and offensively. So, um, you know, are they going to trade around and, and see what they can get, you know, out there on the market? Um, or, or are they going to go into the draft and, and you know, see and risk it all on rookies? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, but uh, so moving on from the Ravens, let's, let's go to the Bills. They had a real big sign in Stephon Diggs. Um, they locked up a couple guys on their defense, re-signed some guys, um, made, a, made a big splash in the offensive trade with, with Stephon Diggs, but they gave up a lot in that trade. Uh, let me look at it real quick. So they got, so they got, they gave up, so they got Stephon Diggs with a 2027th round and they gave up a 2021st round, fifth round and sixth round. And then a 2021 fourth round as well. Um, so, what do you guys think about the Stefan Diggs, um, Stefan Diggs uh, acquirement, and um, and do you think it was worth? It? So, I think first off, it's it's worth it's worth just just validating like Stefan Diggs worth a first round pick. You know, I I think he's going to bring more success than, than they possibly would have gotten out of a first round draft. I think that's going to be to be seen. Stephon Diggs has always been pretty pretty solid, but then on from there they also have six more picks in the in the draft, so they're not it's not like they're gonna be hurting because they lost one their first Who round the draft. Bills? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think on I think Stephon Diggs going there. I think that's a, a great deal. Uh, I, I love I love Diggs. 
Um, going to Bills Mafia, I, I think he had a little bit of, of a stat year down last year, but you know, that's just because old Kirk Cousins couldn't get the damn ball down the field. <laughs> so, I, I, I think it's a great pickup for the Bills. Um, one of the things that I'm really looking at with the Bills is, is what are they going to do defensively? Um, two of their biggest defensive stars are free agents this year. Jordan Phillips and Jack Lawson. So, um, you know, again, Bills Mafia was outstanding last year. That defense absolutely Looks like they're addressing a couple issues that they had on offense, getting a big-time receiver in there, which I think is great. Uh, but what are we going to do on the defensive side of the ball, and and, and what's the plan moving forward? Yeah, they they spent a lot on defense as well. I mean, they so like I said, they they re-signed a couple guys. They re-signed Mario Addison for three years, $5 million dollars. Five guaranteed, and then they re-signed Vernon Butler to a two-year deal, eighteen mil, nine point three guaranteed. Now, those are those two are good players. Don't get me wrong; they're good. It's a good defensive tackle and a good rusher, but that's a lot of money you're spending on some guys that are getting up there in age. And, and yeah, two years is three years, but I, I feel like you're only going to get one year out of these guys. They're playing, you know, at a potential. A playoffs or, or, or a Super Bowl even, but the other one, two years, are you even getting the player that you paid, you're paying $10 million, you know, or, or $9 million to? Um, yeah, that's, that's like one of the things I've, I've just been like super curious about is, is there's a lot of these, you know, three, three year, where they send them for three years and it's like, is that gonna, is that gonna be worth it in, in three years, especially when they start the 17 game seasons? Is that gonna that one game? Is that gonna make a big enough difference? Is are they still gonna be play the same caliber then? So I think that's that's a big question. Is the contract links on a lot of these? Yeah. So the Bills also this year they got the twenty second pick in the first round. Um, the ESPN mock draft has them taking Lavisca should not uh, the wide receiver of Colorado. So we're off the. Like I said, I think that defense was awesome here. They got a couple unrestricted free agents, so they're going to have to play that right. Definitely looks like they're going to run the offense for this offense. Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll put that out, but um. So they also, um, just before we move on, they also re-signed uh, Josh Norman to a one-year six-mil deal, which, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. I mean, Josh Norman hasn't been the same as, you know, he was, uh, you know a top-tier corner, but, I mean, he's a corner for six Not bad. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of damage in signing him for one year. Yeah. Like, you know, I think he's going to bring more, more help than he would that in harm in one year. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so moving on from there, let's go up to the Bears. Getting the guy in Nick Foles. Um, they also signed Jimmy Graham. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that one. Uh, and then they locked up Danny Shelton as well. Um, got nothing else for them. So what, what do you guys think about the about the Nick Foles deal? Well, I think the Bears have finally admitted to themselves and the rest of the world that Mitchell Trubisky is not your guy. <laughs> uh, 
not a franchise quarterback. I, I, I think Bears Nation knew that last year. Um, but him being such a loyal fan, they had to double down on him state that he was our guy he was the man that was going to lead to the promised land. Um, and, and, and I just think the head coach and the GM finally got together and had to have some real real honest conversations about themselves. Um, you know, Nick Foles, uh, you know, he, he, he's a decent quarterback. Again, Super Bowl MVP. We cannot forget that. Mm-hmm, 2018. Um, Philly, Philly. I mean, old Philly, Philly. But um, I, I just – I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I got a couple bear friends. Um, they love it. They absolutely love Nick Foles. They, they think he's going to do really, really good there. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm a little unsure on that. One. I, I, I didn't know that Nick Foles was quite the direction to go, but they're still good about it. The Jaguars give it up. So, um, I mean, they, they gave him up for a fourth round pick. Yeah, uh, which it, it, which is like uh, the Bears have it seems like the Bears may have, have gotten away a little bit on that one. Yeah, I think well, the Bears certainly stole that away with the fourth round pick. Oh, uh, yeah. I wasn't trying to step on you. Um, no, and I've talked to a couple of Bear fans too, and they're all super pumped to, to see Nick Foles out there. I know a couple of them were were wanting Cam Newton or kind of a different different style quarterback, but once they heard Nick Foles was heading over, they were excited, especially. Like you guys were saying, he is a Super Bowl MVP, which is huge. People tend to forget that sometimes. And I think once you, you put that into the equation, I think it, it's going to certainly be better than Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, yeah. Um, so, real quick, I, I said they locked up Danny Shelton. I meant to say they locked up Danny Trevath, and they signed him to a three-year um, $21.75 million. Um, so, um, good pickup. I mean, a good good re-sign. Danny Trevathan's, Danny Trevathan's a good linebacker. Um, but anyways, Nick Foles. So yeah, like I said, they got him for a fourth round pick, so you can't complain there. And then they signed him to a two year, sixteen million dollar deal. So I mean, eight mil a year, you get him for two years. If he doesn't pan out, uh, you lost sixteen mil on a what everybody would think is a pretty decent quarterback, considering he's got a ring on his finger plus an MVP award. So um, yeah, I, I think it was a good trade. And like you said, they finally admitted that Mr. Trubisky's not the guy. And I'll admit right now that I was wrong about him. I, I thought when they picked him up, you know, with Jordan Howard and Allen Robinson and then um, uh, I forgot who the secondary receiver was at the time when they when they had – when they drafted Mr. Trubisky. But I, I really thought they had – and plus they had a good defense. They had just picked up uh, Khalil Mack that year. Um, so I, I really thought they – you know, with Mitch Trubisky, I thought Mitch Trubisky was going to lead him to the promised land again. But uh, as you can see, that didn't work out. But maybe Nick Foles can do it. I mean, Nick Foles is Nick Foles is a good guy. Nick Nick Foles is a good guy, good quarterback. So it'll be it'll be definitely interesting. He's got a cool story. So I'd I'd love to see him go in and and win another Super Bowl at another team um, in, in the NFC, no less. So. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. The uh, just just going off of what you mentioned, the Bears had a had a very very good defense last year. They did release Leonard Floyd, uh, the edge rusher out of Georgia. Yeah, sad to see him. Um, he did get picked up with the Rams. So again, you know, just just one of those guys, just like Vic Beasley. Um, you know, guys getting released, thinking you know somebody's over the hill, and, and immediately getting picked up. You know, 24, 36 hours later. Ooh, yeah. So, um, you know, really interesting to see what they do on, on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I'll be honest, the Jimmy Graham pickup for them, 
I think they're going to figure out what, what Green Bay already knows. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers will tell you the guy's got two left hands. Um, I, I mean, does he, does he even know how to catch with two hands or can he only stretch out one time? Um, I, I, I just – I don't know. I mean, he was great in, in New Orleans. He went to Seattle, completely screwed up my fantasy team that year. Uh, now he goes to, to the Green Bay. I thought it was going to be a really great pickup for them and, and Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, completely shut the bed there. So I guess we'll uh, pick up our crap and move to Chicago and see if he can turn it around. But I just, you know, I, I don't see the point in it, uh, to, to be completely honest. Yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 I wrote it down in my notes actually right here. Um, I wrote, you know, I, so I wrote, you know, Bears and I said acquire former Super, you know, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. And then I put Jimmy Graham question mark. Like, why did anybody pick him up? Like, nobody just, they should have said, hey, you're not, you're untouchable. Retire now or go play for the XFL. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand that pickup all myself. Um, but uh, whatever, you know, we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so moving on from the Bears, let's go talk about the Bengals over in Cincinnati. They um, they, <coughs> they picked up uh, picked up a corner in McKenzie Alex, which franchise tagged AJ Green. Uh, they signed DJ Reader on a real big contract, um, and they also signed Trey Wayne's on a real big contract. So let's start with uh, AJ Green. Obviously, the franchise tagged. Again, well, I got something to say about this. Sorry to catch you. <laughs> You're good. I feel you. I, I support your man. I just got to talk to you real quick. Hey, look, I love AJ Green. Why can this man not get paid? He has been franchise tagged four times by your complete dog shit team. Okay. <laughs> out there. He goes out there. He completely busts his ass. He's an all-star receiver. I mean, he gives everything he has, and you guys can't even pay him. $17.7 million is what the franchise tag is. I'm sorry. I'm pissed off about it. I want to see A.J. Green win, not get his ass beat every year. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. Cincinnati, uh, what's up? Hey, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I'm with uh, you. A.J. Green deserves to be paid and, and quit quit with the uh, the franchise tag. It just doesn't make sense, especially for what the price tag for a franchise tag is. Blows my mind. I, I just I when I heard about it, I, being a Georgia fan, and that I I know that's why it upsets Kevin so much, and that's why it upset me so much because when he played at Georgia, he did he should have got a title then, and he did. Uh, and to see him go to Cincinnati, when he got drafted. Cincinnati, I said, God, why? Like, why did that man? I, this is AJ Green now. This man did all kinds of things in the community of Athens and. Uh, there's all kinds of things in the community of Cincinnati. Um, ooh, excuse me. Um, you know, does all kinds of things. Great dude, great receiver. He's, I mean, he's been a top five, top ten at least receiver with the red pocket going him. Like, I, I, how he's done that is incredible. But to, to see him franchise tagging is it really sucks. I'd love to see him go to a team that. Has a shot at winning a title, or at least has a good score. I mean, Kirk Cousins can get a two-year pension with fifty-one million guaranteed, and AJ Green's over here picking up. Yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. 
I, I, I think I think it's more that Kirk Cousins got the extension guaranteed money that that irritates me. Cincinnati situation. I mean, uh, you know, Cincinnati, I hate to say it, it's okay to mediocre for a decade now. I mean, Lewis, he did absolutely nothing there. He was there 12 plus years. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it seems like Cincinnati is where guys' careers go to die. Um, and, and, you know, I, I feel bad for him. to be there too. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, so outside of the A.J. Green, they um, they put they like I said they signed D.J. Reader on a big contract and Trey Wayne's on a big contract. So uh, D.J. Reader got signed on a four-year, fifty-three million, and uh, Trey Wayne's was on a three is on a three-year, forty-two million. So a lot of money spent on those two guys. Um, to me, money well spent. DJ Reader um, is a good defensive tackle. I, I'm pretty sure that's what he is. Um, and uh, Trey Wayne's a great uh, – is a solid corner. He's a, he's a corner you can count on. Um, and he, he's always going to – he's, he's going to be there. He's going to be on the play, whether it's making the tackle or making the, that ball down. Um, but um, – it's it, it it was a lot of money, but I but I think it's on two players that are, that are pretty good, and I think um, I think are staples on their defense. So, um, but but the franchise tagging AJ Green again is just really messed up. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's been the mo, and it'll continue to be the mo. But it is what it is. Enjoy, uh, guys. Yep. So um, moving on from Cincinnati, um, let's let's head over to Ohio. Well, stay in Ohio and Cleveland um, at the time. Um, they made a lot of moves. Uh, they added Andrew Billings. Well, maybe not a lot of moves, but they um, they made they made a, definitely a big move. Um, they added Andrew Billings. They locked up Jack Conklin, and then the big move was adding Austin Hooper. Um, and they also locked up Case Keenum. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, locked up Kareem Hunt. I think they have a What do you guys think about the Austin Hooper deal? Uh, I know they made him the highest paid tight end. Um, you know, do you think he was worth it? And, and do you think it's going to make a difference on that team where they maybe can do what everybody's waiting for them to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Hooper pickup for them was really big. Um, you know, last year um, with, with Egypt, he, he didn't have that. Uh, it sounds bad, you know, OJ, OBJ, and uh, Landry. But uh, unfortunately, those guys were covered up all the time. I, I, I think he was another option. He in the backfield, who's been a little Finder. He, he's gonna but it's going to come in a very tough way. Um, but I, I think it's a good pickup for them. Um, the money, on the other hand, would be my only concern with that. But, uh, you know, it's a problem. So, you know, they made their decisions. It, you know, it, it seems like this year, last year, um, and hell, I mean, for the last 20 years, the, the Browns are just – a bad decision-making team. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, it, they don't have bad numbers, though, either. That's the bad part. Baker Mayfield threw for 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns. 
um, but his QBR was a 49.1. Um, Nick Chubb, 14, uh, almost 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, I, I mean, you know, Landry, almost 1,200 yards, 83 receptions, and six touchdowns. So, I mean, the production is there, um, but what seems to be the problem? And, and I hate to say it, it's almost like the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they, they have had good teams. They have had the talent there. They've had the star factor there. But I think it comes down to coaching. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's their biggest step back is they, they just can't get comfortable with a coach and a system. Um, and it's, it's really hurt them dearly. Yeah, I agree. I think the Browns have, have been a terrible decision-making team. But I am a bigger Mayfield fan uh, for whatever reason. I have no connection to him at all. But I just uh, I've always just enjoyed watching him play. But I think the Browns have certainly over the last few years come up from, from being a team who wasn't winning any games to to finally putting some together. So maybe this addition with Cooper will will take them and kind of open up that an option just a little bit more to where Baker Mayfield can have a receiver or a Hooper open just a touch more than before from where they're being heavily guarded pretty much nonstop. Yeah, I mean. I mean, they they made him the highest paid tight end, but you know, to me, when you look at what he was doing in Atlanta, uh, deserves it. He's easily, I'd say, the best tight end in football. Uh, I mean, name name another tight end that does what he does. I mean, Jared Cook Jared Cook is a very good tight end, um, but I don't think he has the the vertical threat that that Austin carries, and I don't think he has the, the same hands that Austin Cooper has. Um, so I, I mean. You, I mean, you're going to have Kareem Hunt. You're going to have Nick Chubb backing him up. And, and then you're going to have Jarvis Landry and OBJ with Baker Mayfield leading the way. And, and hopefully Baker Mayfield learned some stuff in the offseason, graduated, and, and will come out and be a, a better decision maker. Because I think that was a lot of the problem was not making the right decisions. Um, in a lot of plays, and and sometimes it cost an interception. Sometimes it was just not throwing the ball away when you should. Um, you know, even 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 not taking this, uh, or even um, even when they when he just wasn't throwing the ball away, and was just running the ball and and didn't take a sack. But it, you know, he picks up two yards or three yards. Yeah, it's great you picked up two or three yards, but you know, you throw the ball away, we get another shot. You know call up now we're in like this weird spot where it's third and seven you know and it's not third it's not a third and short it's not a third and long so we have to find you know it sometimes he just wasn't making the right calls and the right decisions um but i mean hopefully like i said he's graduated and learned and maybe we'll see a different browns team than we've seen <laughs> almost every year yeah, just real quick, you know, just based on stats and production last year, Austin Hooper, even with Atlanta, was was number five. He had uh, 787 yards and six TDs. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of production that the Falcons are going to miss um, and, and that the Browns are, are, are going to attack them. Oh, yeah. Um, your top five tight ends last year, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Dak Ertz and Austin. Oh, um, I may, I may, so. I may have been a little, middle, little extra and saying best, maybe second best. I think Travis Kelsey is better, but, but never, 
Yeah, Travis Kelsey's a star, and uh, I like Kittle, too, out of San Francisco. I mean, I, I just think he's a rock star. The man. only thing about Kittle is it, it's really been the one year. It hasn't been consistent. Austin Hooper has been – Austin Hooper and Jared Cook and, of course, Travis Kelsey have been consistently good tight ends, and I think that's why I put Austin Hooper just above um, George Kittle right now. But if George Kittle comes back out next year and is able to do what he did last year, I mean, it's going to be hard to debate that he's not the best. Yeah, and just while we're on the subject, so, you know, Atlanta got rid of Austin Hooper and, and, and got Hayden Hurst, and Hayden Hurst last year was ranked 37, only had 349 yards and two TDs. Yeah. So, again, we know the Ravens had a ton of offensive production last year. Uh, you know, they ran the ball uh, a lot. They're flinging it all over the yard. Um, but, again, the offensive numbers were there, and it did not seem that, you know, that Hayden Hurst was – getting that much production. So hopefully the Falcons made a good pickup there. Hopefully the, uh, the system with Dirk cutter will work out. Um, but definitely a really, really getting awesome. Kind of giving Baker Mayfield that, that third option, that middle option, um, you know, a, a big strong guy to go get it for you. Yep. So moving on from the Browns, let's, uh, let's go on to America's team, the old Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, uh, I'll touch on the biggest topic last. I think we all know what it is. But uh, they signed Amari Cooper, put him on a big deal, five-year, 100 mil. A um, lot of money on um, on their guy, Jarwin. Um, I'll, I'll see if you guys have any on that. Um, they locked up their guy, Sean Lee, of course, one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, and then biggest uh, – so – a lot of people have been saying the biggest LOL or the biggest laugh is that Dak got franchise tagged. And, and I know, Kevin, you've got some stuff on that, but I've actually got some stuff on why it may have actually been a good thing. Um, but let me – I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about the Amari Cooper deal. It's a lot of money on a wide receiver, especially Amari Cooper, who's not been – you know, a t- he's not a, a top, you know, top-tier receiver. He's a good receiver. Um but, you know, what do you guys think about that? And then what do you guys think about the franchise on Dak? I think the franchise tag, uh, I'll be completely honest, I think it's absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last 12 months, we've heard nothing out of Dallas except for what is Dak's extension going to look like? How much money is he going to make? What's what's going to be the, the end result of that? Um, and to – to get a uh, franchise tag, it's uh, it's almost like a to-be-continued moment, I feel. Um, they offered him $33.5 million a year, which would have made him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He turned it down, um, and, and about a week, week and a half later, uh, franchise tagged him. So now, you know, he's going to lose about $9 million this year. The franchise tag for 2019 was $24.8 million. Um, so about a $9 million loss right there. Um, but – you know, I, 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 what, what are you going to do? It, it seems like there are a few more problems and issues in Dallas um, than, than what everybody thought. I think, you know, they thought Mark McCarthy was going to come in there and uh, right the ship and, and bring the Cowboys to glory right away. And I don't think it's going to be that easy of a path, um, especially with, with what is going to go on. Um, of course, you got Jerry Jones there who, who runs every single thing that goes on in that building. 
Uh, Mike McCarthy's in town now. Does he like Dak Prescott? Um, does he have other options? Does you know what's what's really going on there? It seems like they should have, they would have locked Dak up, uh, but at least for for another year, Dak Prescott is going to go without his extension and without a contract. So um, the, the the franchise tag was, I I, I think, kind of a shock around everybody. Um, and then a day or two later, they go out and give Ari Cooper his money. So I think it just added on to it. it it's really going to be interesting what happens uh, the next couple weeks and months, Cowboys, uh, and what direction they're going to go. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say on it. So I know – So. So what does he make as so as a franchise tag quarterback now for this coming up season? He'll make about twenty four point eight million. Basically, what you're saying. Yes, sir. So, and his contract offer was wasn't it like three years, thirty three million or something like that? Uh, I want to say it was five years. I could go get it, but I, I know it it equaled out thirty three point five million a year, pretty much. Okay, so. All right, so thirty-three point five million is um, it is that's a lot. So he loses nine million getting the franchise tag. But I read, so I was reading an article, and it made a point that actually made a lot of sense, and it could work out. Now, of course, this is a prediction-based um, way of going about it. But if it were to work out for him, he, I mean, he could pull a Kirk Cousins on these guys, but actually have the talent to back up the money to make more money later on. Um, so we go back. Let me take you back to the Kirk Cousins deal. He gets franchise tagged by Washington the year that he ends up playing real well or, well, plays pretty well. Gets his big – You like that? Did you like that year? I mean, it, I mean, it was enough to get him the, the contract he got from the Vikings. So, I mean, I, I didn't – That's the craziest part to me. I know. I, mean. <laughs> I agree. But that's what I'm saying. So, he was doing that. He gets over there to the Vikings. They sign him to a fully guaranteed $84 million with an average annual of 28. If Dak were to come into this one-year franchise tag, he still makes 24 – or what was it? 20, yeah, 24. So $24 million. Then say he has a good year, you know, throws for 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, maybe like five INTs, maybe takes a team to the playoffs or something. Goes into the next year, he's a free agent. He can make so much money. He could easily become the highest paid quarterback in the league as long as he performs this this coming up year. That's the only that's the only issue with that approaching it that way is you have to play pretty well this year. I mean, according to Kirk Cousins, you don't. But I'm just saying, if it's me, if I <laughs> if I'm an owner of the team. And I'm looking at, at, at Dak Prescott franchise tag. I'm going, sweet, that gives me another year to go, do I really want this guy or, or, or am I ready to stick with my Mitch Trubisky? Um, so it, it is potential that he could do this franchise tag, like I said, take the Cowboys to the playoffs, maybe a Super Bowl, and come out and go make big, big money. But, again, we'll see. So – um, yeah, a couple other uh, uh, free agent signings for the Cowboys uh, while we're here. Uh, they got Gerald McCoy on a three-year deal from the Panthers. Oh, yep. uh, he's expecting to sign. They got Marcus Canby or Kennedy um, 
from the New York Jets on a one-year deal. And then I thought this was a really good pickup. Haha Clinton Dix from the Bears on a one-year deal. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they're picking up some nice pieces. And, you know, I, I think the Cowboy Nation has a little bit of something to start talking about. Um, definitely got to figure out what's going on with Dak, though. I think that's that's what's at the forefront of everybody's minds right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, moving on from the Cowboys, just quick touch on the Broncos. They didn't do too much, but they did acquire A.J. Bouye. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Um, uh, yep. 2020 fourth round. Um, so, pretty good trade there. I think A.J. Bouye is a good good corner um especially giving up a fourth round pick seems like reasonable trade for him um so not, again not broncos didn't do too much other than okay well of course they picked up melvin gordon now but that was a couple of days ago other than that aj Bouye is the only thing i had for them i didn't, I didn't see them do much else yeah not a whole bunch uh the espn mock draft have them going offensive tackle out of iowa tristan Wirfs. So, again, I, I think the Broncos are, are kind of a, a rebuilding situation. I don't think it's a complete and total rebuild. Um, but, again, releasing Flacco, picking up Gordon, um, releasing Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, they, I, I think they're scrambling a little bit as far as putting the roster together and, and what's going to be a, a good, strong team. Um, we'll see where they go. I definitely think they're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball, mostly in the draft. Um, but you know, watching a few of the Broncos, uh, games last year, that defense has got some holes in it. So, um, definitely some work to go all the way around on that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so again, let's say, like I said, Broncos, not, not too much in the off season so far, um, other than the Melvin Gordon thing. Um, moving on to the lions, Matt Patricia seems like he's gathering all Patriots, uh, signed Jamie Collins, Deron Harmon and Danny Shelton, um, all former Patriots that they played, they all played under Matt Patricia. Um, so that's kind of funny. Um, and then, of course, they signed our old guy, Desmond Trufant. So, what, what do you guys think about these signings? Um, and what? Why is Matt Patricia? I mean, I guess, I guess I know why he's he's, he's calling all Patriots. But what do you guys think about it? Well, I mean, you know, if you uh, if you know the recipe to success, I feel like you got to repeat it. Um, I, I, I know that in Detroit, they are just hoping and praying that he has uh, more billisms uh, than anything right now. Um, it seems and in my honest opinion, Matt Patricia is being a little a little bit off the cuff. Now, again, he's a much smarter football man than I. So uh, forgive me. But. It, it just seems like there's something going on there. There's There's been rumors coming in and out, uh, at least for the last year, that Matt Patricia's lost the locker room. Um, you know, he's lost the veterans. He's lost the players. So, again, is this his, his kind of attempt to um, kind of right the ship? Um, it's the only thing that I can think of with the Darius Slay trade. Um, getting a third and a fifth rounder for that, I, I think is absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the beginning of the week, we all thought the DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson trade was kind of, you know, the steal of the week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and claim this a winner. Uh, you get Darius Slay for a third and fifth round pick. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> man. I'm telling um, you right now, you know, if I'm that, playing Madden and I get that, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what what they're thinking, what's going on. Um, you know, there was some talk about possibly Matt Matt Stafford 
um, being released, things like that. I think Matt Patricia is pretty much um, came down on that, that Matt Stafford is their guy. I mean, he can still sling the ball, man. I, you know, I don't know how many Lions games you guys caught last year, but the guy can still sling the ball across the yard. Um, and he's going to continue to do that. But it, it definitely seems like there's a rift going on in Detroit right now. And I think the better, the faster they figure that out, the better. Because right now, Matt Patricia seems like he's just completely dismantling what on paper appears to be a really good and really talented team. <laughs> they did. All right, so we're having some technical difficulties with Brandon's mic. But um, that's all right. Me and Kevin will we'll, we'll keep going till, till he can get it figured out. So moving on from the Lions, um, just going to touch on the Packers real quick. Not too much from them either, um, unless you guys have something. Uh, so they re-signed uh, Christian Kinsley, I think is his, is his last name, um, and Mercedes yep. Lewis. Um, so not much from them. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, I, I've, I've always liked him as a tight end. He hasn't really – done too much um he did a little bit he had a couple good seasons in in jacksonville but other than that nothing too much out of him so we'll see how those pan out um if you guys got anything let me know yeah just jumping back real quick sorry uh john uh, back to detroit eric ebron also released and reaches a two-year deal with the pittsburgh steelers 12 million which you know i like ebron i i think he's a really good solid receiver uh tight end and, uh, you know, again, just just dismantling, uh, you know, pr- production across the field. But uh, as far as the Green Bay Packers, of course, we've already talked about it. They dropped Jimmy Graham. <clears throat> um, you know, not a whole lot out of the Packers, at least this week. We'll be expecting some things over the next couple weeks and, and, and probably into the draft. Um, right now, the mock draft, they are uh, selecting at number 30. And it has it going with Javon Kinlaw defensive lineman out of South Carolina, mm-hmm, which one. I'm a fan of, uh, you know, SEC football is where my heart's at. Uh, I'm telling you guys right now, Javon Kinlaw is going to be a monster. It just means and, more down uh, here. <laughs> can't, uh, can't, can't wait to see that. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, if they end up going with him, that'd be nice. Uh, I think, he, I think he was a, is a great defensive player from in South Carolina. Uh, was it last year or the year before when, when Georgia played them? Um, I believe he made a lot of explosive plays um, coming through the middle. So um, that'd be definitely last year had a really good, good year uh, in Sanford stadium. Uh, they, you know, the, the Gamecocks came into Sanford and, and beat the Bulldogs. Yeah. But, you know, he, he had a show out game. I mean, uh, there's nothing more to say. I mean, all the respect in the world to Kinlaw. Yeah. Um, he's a really, really good player. I'm actually hoping that he doesn't even drop that far. They have him dropping all the way to 30. I don't think Kinlaw is going to fall that far, mm-hmm. honestly, at 16. And if he's there at 16 and the Falcons do not pick him up, I'm going to be extremely uh, irritated on that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind having him. That is for show. Um, so – um, just, just barely. You're still coming in a little quiet. Okay. Um, so moving on from the Packers, let's talk about the Texans. Um, this is a big one. Uh, David Johnson acquired in what I would call a terrible trade. Um, they, uh, got Randall Cobb to join in on the fun. Um, and then they signed Bradley Roby as well. Uh, and I think that's all I've got. Yeah. I don't have anything else for them. So, 
What do you think about the David Johnson trade? I mean, I know we kind of touched on it before, but what do you think about it from the Texans' end? And, I mean, they added Randall Cobb, so, I mean, at least they've, they've brought somebody in to kind of fill the gap that DeAndre Hopkins just left. But <laughs> I don't think that's quite uh, – I don't think his feet are big enough to fill those shoes. Um, yeah, I think at least Randall Cobb at this point in his career – it's not what DeAndre Hopkins was bringing. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is that guy who can get his speed burst down the field. He's going to go up and get it. He's a big, strong receiver, long. He's got strong hands. I think that for Houston, um, like I said earlier, this is up in the air. What is Bill O'Brien's plan? I know at least the fans that I've spoken with, that are Houston fans are not happy about this. Randall Cobb for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think anybody would think that that's a good trade. Um, and I know they didn't trade directly for them, but essentially that's what happens when you drop or, or trade DeAndre Hopkins and replace him with Randall Cobb. Again, the draft is completely littered with wide receiver talent top to bottom. So maybe that's what they're thinking. It is notable to note, though, that the Houston Texans do not have a first-round pick this year. Mm. So if they're going to do something, they're going to have to trade for it. They're going to have to give up a little bit more. And to be completely honest, they have given up a lot this year. So we will see what they do. It Again, I think this comes down to what is Bill O'Brien's uh, goal? What is really going on there? I think there's a little bit more that, that we're not seeing and, and we'll see what they do to finish out free agency and going into the draft. But uh, right now I would, I would say that the Texans are losing free agency at this point. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, you took your best receiver out of the lineup and, and didn't get much for it. It just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me when I heard the trade come through um, you know, and ever since Bill O'Brien has moved in as the general manager, it seems like he's trying to break down what they've built there. Um, so I, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, I guess we'll see how well, it Well, you still up. got J.J. Watt. Yeah. And I am a believer in J.J. Watt. And J.J., they must trust. <laughs> so I think that that's their best bet right now. Um, rely on that defense. Again, you got Deshaun Watson. You got a good young group of guys, I feel like. Uh, but this, like we've said, you know, in this show, it's, it's going to come down to coaching. I mean, you don't want to turn into a Cleveland Brown. Nope. So, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's, it's all got to be, it's all, all got to be there. Um, and, we'll, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, Definitely gambling, so we'll see if he wins. Um, moving on from them, um, start with the Jaguars. I'm just going to touch on them real quick. They just acquired Joe Schobert, good linebacker out of Cleveland. Um, know a lot of Cleveland fans are sad to see him go, so good pickup for the Jags. Um, Colts, they, um, they acquired DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall as well as an extension on his contract. Um not great deal. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I I don't I I don't know if he's worth necessarily the thirteenth. I mean, I think that just kind of sucks that it happens to be where the Colts fall. But to get DeForest Buckner, I mean that that's 
God, that's such a great player. Um, I mean, it, I for me, I wouldn't have wanted to give up my 13th, but if it came down to it, I would have done it myself to get to Forrest Buckner. Um, I, I contemplated on it for a couple of days, and I really thought after a little while, I was like, yeah, I, that, that's a good deal. Um, and then, of course, they signed Phillip Rivers, uh, which uh, another uh, good sign. I mean, he's been doing pretty well in – uh, LA, I think last year wasn't a great year for him, but um, past that, he's been a good quarterback. So, what do you guys think about? I know you said you liked the DeForest Buckner. Um, what about uh, what about Philip Rivers? I mean, how do you feel about that one? I like Philip Rivers. Uh, I I think you know when when we heard that Philip Rivers was looking for a way out of out of the Chargers. There, there were a few different teams that came to mind. I, I think Indianapolis was the easiest fit for Phillip. Um, you know, one year, $25 million prove it deal. Uh, I think the most interesting thing that came out of that, you know, that deal with, with, with Phillip Rivers coming to the Colts is what do they do with Jacoby Brissett, um, which is where I think they're going to send him to the Patriots. Um, he's already been with the Patriots. And he knows the system, uh, so I, I think that's more kind of the uh, of the storyline on that. Um, the Colts have a fantastic offensive line, so Philip Rivers is going to be protected. He's going to be able to sling the ball a little bit. I know last year it, it looked like he was you know strong arming it a little bit and just didn't quite have that spin like he used to. But I still think he's a good quarterback. I, I, I don't think he's quite over the hill yet. And I, I think he's going to make some plays next year for the Colts. I really do. Yeah, I think it's a good, you know, Andrew Luck didn't work out. So, you know, let's – I mean, I mean, you're kind of in the same position that you were with Andrew Luck. Um, you know, now you're still on the same timeline. Um, you've got the talent in Phillip Rivers. Maybe not the talent that you had in Andrew Luck, but you've still got a good quarterback. He's a little older, but – I mean, you're still going to get a few, a couple good years out of him at least if you decide to re-sign him. So, I mean, I still think it puts him on track to do what I, I would assume they were going to do is draft a quarterback, you know, in the next couple years or go after a young quarterback. Um, so it still puts him in that in that position. So yeah, like, uh, like you said, not not too bad for either either deal. Um, yeah, and the, the mock draft again, the Colts are selecting at 13 in the first round. ESPN has um, taken T Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson, which I love. Yeah. I love that deal. Give Philip was another little speedy mm-hmm. young guy to go get. It. Um, I've seen a lot out of T Higgins the past two or three years out of Clemson. I mean, the guy's an animal. He's, he's fast as hell. I, I, I think that would be a great pickup if they could get that rolling. Um, and also with that Colts defense. Yeah. I mean, they, they really did have a really good defense. They got a really good offensive line. I think they're just missing a couple pieces, and maybe Philip Rivers is the one to kind of glue it all together and get those guys rolling. Yep, maybe. We'll just have to see. Um, so moving on from the Colts, uh, let's go to the Raiders. Um, just real quick, they signed Marcus Mariota. So I guess that's the end of the road for um, old Derek Carr, which I, um, I'm not uh, – Is it? 
Uh, is I, it? I don't know uh, that it is. Did they bring Yoda in for a little bit of competition to maybe light a fire under Derek Carr's ass a little bit? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see how John Gruden's going to go from Derek Carr, who is, is definitely more of that pro-style quarterback that um, you know Gruden is used to and love and is groomed. I don't know that they're going to go to to a Marcus Mariota. I was really surprised by that signing. I'm not going to lie. I think um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. You know, over the next you know next year, what what's going to happen with that quarterback battle? Yeah, I mean, I mean, free agency isn't over. So uh, maybe they release Derek Carr. Maybe they trade him away. I mean, it, it should be interesting to see what happens. Um. Well, another little thing from the Raiders is uh, they got old Jason, Jason Witten, the old cowboy. I I thought, well, I, I think it's really funny to me. Witten retires for a year. He's uh, completely horrible at commentating. <laughs> so he comes back as he's going to play. Um, didn't quite work out for him. The Cowboys release him. Um, and, and now he's going to go with, with John Gruden. So – I, I think it's a really, really uh, awkward pickup. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, they had they had Waller last year, who was an outstanding tight end. I believe stat-wise he was number three, as we mentioned a little while ago. I, I don't know. Is, is he there to be that veteran on the team? Is he, is he there to, to kind of, you know, mesh everyone together to, to kind of bring that champion mindset to them? I, I guess so. Um, but you know, let's not forget Jaden, Jason Witten has been on the Cowboys his entire career. So not a whole lot of postseason success. There. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I didn't, I didn't understand the pickup myself. Um, it was, was real, real confusing, but I mean, maybe they think they can, maybe they think they can get a good year out of him. We'll, we'll just have to see. Um, couple more teams to touch on uh chargers they franchised um franchise tag hunter henry no surprise there um signed limbaugh joseph thought that was a pretty good signing um then the dolphins uh signed jordan howard um they had a big sign in byron jones uh they get shaq lawson and locked up kyle van noy um i like the jordan howard sign um you know he was great in chicago um, I know he had a down year with um, – oh, where, where did he go after Chicago? Where, where was he at? Was he in Miami? Um, gosh, I can't remember now. But I know he wasn't um, – I know he wasn't the best um, this past year. But, I mean, you look at what he's done over his career. I mean, it's, it's pretty solid. I mean, he's a, he's a good running back. So, what, what do you think of, of the Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard signing? I like it. Like you said, I mean, you know, big, big, strong running back. I, I, I think he's going to be okay. I, I think the biggest thing is now with, you know, Phillip Rivers moving out of town, what, what what's the Chargers going to do quarterback wise, um, which I fully believe they'll probably go after one of these quarterbacks in, in the draft coming up this year. The problem is, you know, in the uh, ESPN mock draft, they got him taking number six. They got him taking Tua out of Alabama. And, you know, I, I just don't know that two is the one that you want to put your entire franchise on. I'll be honest. Um, I really like Justin Herbert out of Oregon. 
for for Los Angeles, the Chargers. So we'll we'll see what they decide to do. I mean, they definitely have some problems. They are are not their former glory selves like they used to be. Um, and quite frankly, I think that's just because they moved from San Diego to L.A. I I, I think they're uh, all on top of each other, and and, and San Diego has kind of lost that that touch that they had um, when moving. Yeah, I mean. I, We'll 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 see how it pans out. And I, I am interested to see what the Chargers end up doing. You know, now that they have given up, um, given up Philip Rivers. Um, you know, who are they going to go get? Or you know, or, or are they going to go get Cam Newton? Um, you know, or if Derek Carr is released, would they go get him? Um, it, it should be interesting. Um, I think there's definitely some some options out there, especially if you don't go draft wise. Um, let's not forget Cam Newton's still available. He's out there. I, I like what you just said, Derek Carr going to the yeah. Chargers. I, I mean, they got to find somebody somewhere. I just don't know that you want to go grab one of these quarterbacks in the draft, make them the face of your franchise. But, you know, they're, they're, that, that's above my pay grade. So maybe they know something I don't know. And um, they, they know that one, one of these guys is going to be their guy. So we'll find out. All right, so um, we are having some technical difficulties with uh, Brandon's uh, mic. He's having trouble getting back in. So um, we're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to it. 